like you can't be emotional and logical at the same time. So what I've learned in the mountains is if if I'm falling into a crevasse or if a friend is falling into a crevasse, you can't be like, oh my God, what do we do? Oh my God, no, you take a deep breath. Whenever anything happens, you know, it just is. It's not good, it's not bad, just is. So take a deep breath, relax, and try to figure out, okay, what's the best way to handle the situation? On my million dollar hustle, the million dollar hustle podcast, where we keep it real. I stayed in entrepreneurship wisdom, learn to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're broke. Here's your host, Billy the Kid, aka Billionaire. Like a millionaire and hustle like you broke. This free game to change your life, you better so think, think like a millionaire and hustle like you broke. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, baby. It is your boy, Billy the Kid, a.k.a. BDK, a.k.a. Billionaire in this mug. Super excited today, guys. I have a friend of mine that jumped in, and and the his story, guys, is so inspirational. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Talk about perspective. Talk about uh, being unstoppable. He wrote a book about being unstoppable. Go grab that. Uh, that's going to be book of the week for this episode. I'm going to put it on my Amazon affiliate store. Link in bio. Check it out. Grab a copy. Uh, this dude has been interviewed by Steve Harvey. He's He's been interviewed by very big names worldwide and and uh, again Sean thank you so much for taking the time for, for to to doing this interview and delivering wisdom uh guys i i cannot wait i mean this dude had cancer at a very young age as a kid came back as a teen and he lost a lung they, both times they told him he wasn't going to make it and here it's a blessing he's here with us today matter of fact he lost a lung in the process of cancer but he climbed Mount Everest with one lung. He's the only human being to have ever done that. I mean, how inspirational is that, guys? And I can't wait for you guys to hear so much wisdom he dropped. Again, this episode is like a book. If you listen to it and you go take action, guys, your life will change. I promise you this is this episode is the definition of that. Last night, we met with the Get Uncomfortable Mastermind. <clears throat> Shout out to everybody in there. We had a new member join. And... Uh, Matter of fact, uh, we're opening one more spot for now. Uh, we don't want it to get too big. And, you know, I just want a small group of people that want to do better, that want to level up their life personally, financially, spiritually, etc. So if you're that person, info at BillyTheKid.com. Shoot us your story to see if you're the right fit for the program, the Get Uncomfortable Mastermind. We meet every Thursday. Uh, today is Friday, so we met last night. It was so powerful and um everybody's just killing the game. If you haven't yet, check out the testimonials and see it for yourself. But uh, I just want to say that I'm very proud of every member of the group, the Get Uncomfortable Mastermind, uh, infoabilitythekid.com. And technically today it is Million Dollar Mind Day for you guys, Million Dollar Mind Day. But again, today is Friday. We met last night. But um, enough of that. Uh, grab the copy of The Power of Being Uncomfortable at BillyTheKid.com if you want it autographed. If you don't want it autographed, shame on you. Grab it on Amazon and everywhere else books are available. Check out my music. Make sure you guys subscribe to my music on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, and all that. And also the podcast, The Million Dollar Hustle Podcast. It is available on Spotify, Apple, and all that. Leave us a review, guys. Uh, you guys leaving us a review will help us one get better. And then also it'll help us get out there more. So people can listen to these great people that are doing massive things. So, uh, with that being said, 
Uh, I just wanted to share with you guys real quick. Personally, guys, life is a blessing. Uh, we're actually looking at breaking ground. I know a few episodes ago I mentioned that we had bought some land, an acreage, and we're looking at breaking ground this summer. By the time you hear this, uh, it'll probably be after that. We've been planning the quinceañera for my oldest. Uh, that's been a lot of fun. And, and guys, those of you who don't know, quinceañera is like a wedding. And literally everything that goes into a wedding goes into this uh, party. But we're super excited. Right now we're two weeks away uh, from it. And we've been planning for the last year or so. And, and for sure the last six months I've been going hard. Um, shout out to my wife for uh, holding it down and doing it, doing her thing. We're 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 almost there, and um, we're just excited. It's gonna be a lot of family that are gonna come in, fly in, and we're just pumped. And uh, that's what it's all about. So I'll let you guys know how it goes. Also, I'll let you guys, I'll keep you guys updated on uh, on our uh, breaking the ground, man. Uh, it's such a blessing, guys, and and it all comes from uh, being grateful for everything you have and, and going hard. And, and, and those are the stuff that we teach that the stuff that I do with the get uncomfortable mastermind. Um, I have also one spot if you're interested in coaching guys, I don't know how long I'm going to be doing that for, but, uh, as of right now, uh, if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, please hit me up. Um, I'll probably be closing that soon for now. And you just never know in the future, but, um, Enough of that, guys. I am ready to dive in. Being unstoppable, today's episode, and uh, it almost sounded like I was going to be like, today's episode is brought to you by, but if you are that business that wants to sponsor my podcast, guys, The Million Dollar Hustle, please hit me up. Uh, I've had people ask me, uh, but... you have to be the right fit. And with that being said, if you are the right fit to sponsor the podcast, please hit me up so we can review what you got going on and we could put an ad on the podcast and, uh, help each other out, man. So, but, um, enough of that. Sean is here today with us. He's going to teach us how to be unstoppable. And, and guys, there's so much wisdom, but I, (laughs) I can literally just tell you all about it but i'm just gonna let you guys listen watch it so here is sean baby let's get it welcome to the million dollar hustle podcast baby it is your host billy the kid aka bdk super excited today uh this man right here talk about the definition of uncomfortable all the stuff i preach about it's like i i found a brother or something like a twin brother but i i i'm not as like crazy as he is and we're gonna get to his story today uh how are you doing sean doing great man you're like fun brother like i i grew up i have blonde hair blue eyes we look just the same <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> hey we don't have to be identical twins but uh i i, I, I just want to tell you sean uh thank you so much for joining man uh the, your story is so inspiring and and um uh, I can't wait to just touch on so many great things. Uh, I got your book right here, Being Unstoppable. We're going to make this book of the week, uh, those of you who are listening. Um, but besides your book, Sean, uh, I, I usually like to ask, uh, what's one book that, uh, of course, Being Unstoppable, but what's one book that uh, has personally uh, made you grow? It could be something you read years ago or something recent. You know, that's a great question. And I actually have it right over on my my shelf by the window. And it's a book by a, a good friend of mine called, his, his name is Alvaro Nunez. And his book is Level Up. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I, I, I like t- that. I, I took him up Kilimanjaro uh, last year. You know, I take a group up every year, which is behind me right here. And I'm, I'm heading out in July for my 24th summit of, of the highest mountain in Africa. But 
when he when he was up there, he was sharing his ideas of, of of writing the book. So it's fairly new, and it's it's all about his life and the lessons that he learned, and how you can learn from him and level up your life, man. It's it's great book. Mm, man, I, I got that on on my uh, list here. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and at the beginning, Sean, I I like to just uh, basically let people know uh, where are you from and kind of how you got to where you're at. Well, you know, a number of years ago, mom and dad got together and nine months later, dun dun, you know, out comes Sean. Um, you probably don't want to go back that far. <laughs> so, I, I, live, I live in Colorado now, uh, born and raised in Ohio, you know, the, the, the wonderful mountainous regions of Ohio, the Midwest. Um, no, wow. Normal kid, just like anybody else, you know, I was getting in trouble, but then I realized that if I was smart about it, I could get away with what I was doing and not get in trouble. You know, I could not get caught. Um, but born and raised in Ohio, small town called Willard, Ohio. My backyard was a bean field or a cornfield, depending on the season, you know, a population 5,000 people. And I think, uh, it's gone up to maybe, maybe 5,002. Mm. So <laughs> pretty, very small. And, and I relate, uh, I'm actually in Lincoln, Nebraska. And it's funny. Everybody thinks that uh, we're just like cornfields, uh, but we actually do have a couple cities. Those of you who are listening. <laughs> so I live in the city and, and you know, I, I love the Midwest. It's a uh, small town, but big city, right? Like we have everything that we need, but it's also it also feels like a small town. So uh, and I mean, Colorado, that's uh, I guess you're a little more West now, but you're still Midwest, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Midwest boy the, at, at the heart, but I do live in Colorado now and I live um, right at the foothills of the mountains because I anything anything east of Denver I just call West Kansas. Mm, yeah, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> so true. Love it. And uh, you ended up uh, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you ended kind of ended up there based on the story that we're gonna that we're gonna share today, right? Like, did you Absolutely. just basically ended up staying there? Is that what happened? Yeah, it's kind of like how people come here for the winters, but they stay for the summers. Mm, love it. I came out to train for Mount Everest and I, I ended up staying, man. <laughs> love it. Love it. And uh, so I know uh, the the base of your story, the foundation uh, is obviously what happened to you when you were young, very young. You were a kid and teen. So if you could share that with us, that way, all the great stuff that you've done uh, up to this point can make sense. Absolutely. You know, I guess we could start by saying I'm I'm the only person in history who's climbed Mount Everest, the highest mountain on every continent. I've skied to both the North and South Poles, and I've completed the Hawaii Ironman Triathlon. I did it all after surviving two terminal cancers, a prognosis of three months to live, 14 days to live. I was in a medically induced coma for a year of my life. I was read my last rites, and I only have one functioning lung. So going back to if that, hopefully that'll get some people interested, like, wow, well, you know, what's this guy gone through? But going back to your previous statement, like the first thing I've, I've learned how to be, I've learned how to live and be comfortable in the uncomfortable. Mm. You know, and, and it started when I was 13 with my first cancer, you know, they, I ballooned up 60, 70 pounds after a knee injury. The doctors stuck me in the hospital. Um, it was interesting because I grew up in a small town, you know, they stuck me in the small hospital and as a 13 year old, I was loving it, man. I was the, the, getting balloons from the cheerleaders. They were coming and visiting. I was like, yeah, I'm going to live this up. This is great. Until they stuck me to, in Columbus, Ohio, a, a major hospital. And that's when they diagnosed me with advanced stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. 
And they told my parents yeah, as a 13 year old, like, hey, your firstborn son has three months to live. So I had an expiration date then. Yeah, I mean, granted, we all have an expiration date at some point, but the doctors literally said, you know, he's going to be gone in three months. Like, what do you do? Mm. And uh, at that age, Sean, uh, like, what was your first thought as uh, being that young? Uh, like, what was your first thought when you first heard the news? Well, you know, at, at first, my, they didn't even tell me what Hodgkin's was, you know, Hodgkin's disease. I didn't know it was cancer, you know, and back then it was like the C word. Oh, Sean's sick. We don't want him to think that he's going to die because, you know, people associate cancer with death. But looking back at it, I don't think it really affected me that much as because I was 13 because I was so young. I didn't really understand what death was. I didn't understand what cancer was. But now looking back at it, I think it probably affected my parents more than it did me. Mm. And I think mm -hmm. one of the reasons that I continued to fight was one, one of my personal core values is family. You know, I, I always give to my family. I, I always support them no matter what. And looking back at that 13 year old, let's say, you know, 60, 70 pounds overweight on my hands and knees on the bottom of the shower floor pulling chunks of hair out of the drain so the water could go down you know i was thinking and had this picture and this image in my mind of my parents weeping and sobbing because they lost their firstborn kid mm. so i couldn't do it to them i couldn't allow that to happen to them and i think that's why i continued to fight initially that's why i continued to fight I love that. And uh, you, you mentioned something there, Sean, that I, I think is is super important for the, those who, of you who are listening uh, when you're pursuing your, uh, I mean, especially health. Uh, but you, you, you said that uh, when you first heard it, you really ignored it and you were ready to fight, right? Like you were ready to to go at it. Um, how important is that psychology with everything that you do in life? Because your story has been that. Uh, I, I feel like every 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 chapter uh, you remind how important it is to almost not believe uh, to have your own belief of what's going to happen of the outcome. And, and I feel like uh, it, it works the other way. If you tell yourself you're sick, then you're probably going to end up sick. Right. And, and And vice versa. So what's the psychology behind that? Well, look, look let's look at. Let's say entrepreneurs, you know, how many of them get into the business with the mindset of, oh, I don't want to lose money as opposed mm. to I want to make money. I want to be successful. You know, the people who are focused on not losing money and not failing, what happens? They fail. They, they lose their money. Same thing when I was 13. I realized I didn't want to focus on not dying. I wanted to focus on living. Mm. And it, it, it can be seen from it, it's the same concept, but it's just from a different perspective, because what you tell yourself over and over and over again is what you're going to get. You know, I can't even imagine how my life would have turned out if I kept telling myself, don't die, don't die, don't die. I wouldn't be mm. here. Mm -hmm. I love that. And even later in your story, I know I'm kind of going uh, a little back and forth here, um, you know, uh, one of the parts that you mentioned in, in there is uh, how you used to write your goals down when you were literally climbing <laughs> Mount Everest uh, and visualizing right yourself at the peak. Uh, and I feel like you also did that with that first battle, 
uh, when you were a kid. Where did that come from? Where did you learn that uh, at such a young age when you were battling cancer and then later on? <clears throat> Boredom. You know, have you ever been in a hospital for months at a time? Like they're playing the same old crap on TV. You, you want to go somewhere else. You want to project in your mind. You don't want to be in the hospital bed. You don't want to be in the sick, sick, sad situation. You know, so what I did was, I don't know if I really learned it from anywhere. Maybe it was just being a 13 year old. It was being a young teen, just mm. using my imagination to take myself somewhere else. Yeah, because the, the treatments were so bad sometimes, so harsh. I was vomiting 36 hours at a time. You know, I didn't want to be there. No one wants to go through that. So I thought in my mind, if I could take myself somewhere else, you know, focus on something good in the future, a goal in the future, you know, I wouldn't necessarily live in the present moment, you know, because it was so bad. However, when it was good, when I was out of the hospital, when I was with my friends, when I wasn't vomiting, I was fully consumed by the present moment. So when it, when things were bad, I was somewhere else, you know, focusing on what made me happy, what I wanted, so goals. But when things were good, I was enjoying what I had. Wow. And it's crazy because sadly, there's people that die without knowing that that's a thing, right? That to think positive and, and positive things will come. So uh, I think that was like, one of like probably out of there was a lot of great things in there, but that was my one of my favorite things is I kept seeing that over and over where uh, you were. So so those of you who are listening, uh, just know goals, uh, setting goals and and, and just uh, imagining the positive stuff, uh, the happiness is all good. And you mentioned one thing, uh, Sean, in there that uh, you were a kid with imagination. And I feel like the older you get, life just becomes a bitch sorry for the language but that's the reality and then you just kind of let it corner you and you forget that eight-year-old kid that had all these dreams and and they that kid wanted to be a pilot or or an astronaut or and it's like why not and i feel like you have to be a kid even as you get older and honestly that's almost how you stay young and also on top of that uh, I, I run a get uncomfortable mastermind group, Sean. And, uh, you know, one thing that w we talk about is being authentic, right? Being yourself. And, and, um, uh, you know, one of the conversations that I, I provided the group with was how I want them to be themselves to the point where whoever they are, how would you dance? If you close the door, how would you dance in your room? Right? Like with where nobody's watching, that's the person you need to be outside that room. And, uh, I, I think that, it's so important and it's, it comes from being a kid right at heart. So what's your perspective on that? Yo, we'll be right back to this great episode of the million dollar hustle podcast. Before we continue, I want you to go grab a copy of my book, the power of being uncomfortable. It is out on Amazon. It is out on Barnes and Noble, walmart.com, target.com, and everywhere else books are available. The great news guys is you could go to billythekid.com and grab an autographed copy. That is right. I'm going to mail you an autographed copy right now. Audiobook is also available on Audible and everywhere else audiobooks are available. So go listen to it. Go grab yourself an autographed copy and I'll see you on the other side, baby. And now back to this great episode of the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast. First of all, you said, you know, life can be a bitch if you let it. Mm. Because, because in every situation, you can choose how you want to react. 
So when people Love say, it. oh, my God, you're making me so upset. No, you're not making me upset. I'm making myself upset reacting to how you are. You know, why Why would I give the ability? Why would I give my emotional state to something else to control how I feel? Mm. So when, when people say life, life is a struggle, life is this. Well, that's because you let it be that way. You know, you are responsible for where you are in life because of all the seemingly mundane decisions you've made in your past. You know, you wake up every day, people probably have a certain uh, habits. You know, they do. They, they do their morning routine every day. You know, if, if you want something different, do something different. Just change one little thing and then life won't be such a bitch, you know? You can, or it. if it is, you can still react to it differently. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. That's not my fault. I'm not going to allow that person to make me angry. You know, they're the idiot that did it. Why am I going to let that idiot affect me? Which goes mm. back to, you know, others, other, it boggles my mind to see how many people are more concerned. You're talking about dancing with the door closed. How it, it, it's unbelievable how so many people are more concerned about what others think of them than what they think of themselves. You know, if you want to be silly, you want to be a kid, great. You lose the ego. If people are judging you, that's their that's their fault. Like if if I'm at if I'm at the airport, I travel all the time, you know, giving keynote talks and presentations and sharing the book and, and projects that I've done and do. You know, if I'm at the airport and I'm making a fool out of myself, I will never see that person again in my entire life. So Who true. Who cares? Wow. So true. And and people get caught up with that. Uh yeah, it's like the sad thing is that you're not living free. And if if you're those of you who are listening like it, you have to be free. Just be yourself. Literally, who cares? And uh, the wrong when you start being yourself and we'll use social media as an example. If you're being yourself, the wrong people will stop following you and the right people will start following you. And and they're going to be the ones cheering you on anyways. And and not just social media, but just life in general. That That's the people that you get, you you will attract. So I love that, Sean. Um, I, I do have a question for you. So I know we've kind of jumped back and forth, but uh, and you mentioned it a little bit at the beginning. But uh, I mean if you could explain it again. So you literally have been the person that have climbed Mount Everest with one lung. Yeah. Like how, how, how does that feel, man? Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's what, one of my favorite quotes is actually by Nelson Mandela. It's on my cards, like my business cards. And it says it, it always seems impossible until it's done. Right. Mm. And it's so true. Like going back to being judged, I was told by, countless people climbing Everest with half your lung capacity is impossible. You know, but I didn't think it was impossible. It goes back to um, who's, I forget the guy's name off the top of my head. The guy who ran the first four uh, sub four minute mile, three minute, four minute mile. Um, I forget his name. Anyhow, they thought that if you ran that far for that, that fast for that long, you would suffer internal like organ damage. Right. And as soon as he did it, you know, the next week, somebody else did it. Week after that, somebody else did it. So if if I'm out there doing stuff that people think are impossible, maybe two things, I, I can prove them wrong, but also maybe it'll help somebody else believe in themselves in their own impossible. 
You know, what, what are you, the limiting beliefs that you have in your mind holding, holding you back from what you think you could do or what you couldn't do? Because whether you think you can or you can't, you're absolutely right. Mm. Wow. That's so true. And do you, on, on your book, you, you, which guys, as we are listening, like uh, my favorite part about your book is that it's literally, I mean, it's your story, first of all. So, so it's uh, very authentic, original. But it's uh, it, it almost took me back to like my high school years where I would read a book about a certain story like uh, The Hatchet. I don't know if you read that book where, you know, a kid got dropped off and he only had a hatchet and he has to survive in the jungle. Uh, and, you know, but the, the nice thing is like your story is that way. It's very intriguing. You want to like pay attention, like what's next? Like uh, you skip over like uh, as fast as you can to find out what happens next type uh, type of deal. But it, in it, again, you're, you're providing a lot of wisdom. You're providing a lot of knowledge in there. Uh, was that what you wanted to do with this book? Because I, I, I could definitely see it. Absolutely, man. I, th I think. You know, I'm t obviously telling my story in my book, but everybody has their own story. You know, there's so many people who are living vicariously through others on social media. You know, the world doesn't exist in VR. The world doesn't exist in social media on, on Instagram. It exists out there. You know, go explore. Go check out your own world. Go go live your life. You know, it goes back to, you know, again, dancing. You know, do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. Like I'm, I'm not doing things for other people. I'm, I'm not dancing for someone else. I'm dancing for me. Maybe my, maybe my wife. You know, she's she's Puerto Rican, born and raised in Puerto Rico. And down in 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 the Latin, the Latin cultures, they don't induce labor. They play they play salsa music, and the baby comes dancing out. It's like in their genes, right? Wow, <laughs> so I did not know that. Jesus, I, I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> here, here I am, you know, a white guy with two right feet or two left feet. You know, she's got it in her genes and she's teaching me how to dance in the in the kitchen, you know, while we're while we're cooking food. You know, I love it. So mm. I'm not doing it for them. I'm not doing it for other people. I'm doing it for me. However, I do have those values of wanting to give back. So everything I'm doing is not for me. It's 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 basically for other people, but I'm doing things not to be judged by others, but just to bring them into my world a little bit and share my story. But everybody has a story and you can learn from your own story. Just take that hard proverbial look in the mirror and ask, hey, who are you? Hmm. And one of my favorite quotes in your book, uh, you, you wrote on there, it said, we should not worry about dying we should worry about not living a life that matters. Can you touch a little bit on that? Absolutely, man. People ask me what I'm afraid of. And I don't like snakes too much, but you know, they don't bother me. I'm not afraid of them. But I think I am more afraid of not living than I am of dying. So it kind of goes back to that quote. And everybody's alive, but not everyone's truly living. Mm. And I'm visiting my grandma this weekend. She turned she turned 100 in October. So she's going on 101 years old, right? You know, looking back in, and every time we, we we sit down, I hit record on my phone and I just ask her questions. You know, and she she tells me stories of when she was younger. She was remembered one story when she was on her um, tricycle going down the drive, the gravel driveway. Like you ride a tricycle, what, four, five years old, maybe three, three to five. So she's remembering this and she's like, yeah, I hit a car. I was like, well, I'm glad you didn't get hit by the car because I wouldn't be here. Dad wouldn't be here. But she's telling these stories about 
loving life and and living full out, exploring the world and being happy. You know, what what makes you happy, what your personal core values are might be different than mine. Mine might be different than hers. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, so but just but just get out there and live and make make decisions based on what you value most and be happy with that. Mm. And uh, I, I, I since it kind of goes along with that, again, we touched a little bit about it, about uh, visualizing and all that. But again, you like visualized yourself doing everything first, right? Like beating cancer, uh, swimming to picturing yourself climbing that mountain. Um, it, can we dive a little bit deeper on just visualizing and and is that something do you do now i'm assuming but <laughs> every every night i go to bed man every night and it's interesting because there's have been so many studies that look at vivid visualization so not just visualization vivid visualization meaning where you really get in there it's like going from black and white to full on technicolor like dolby surround sound right that's what you do in your mind and there have been numerous studies. One of them was um, the most recent one I read was the, they, you know, the infamous they were teaching people using one hand on the piano, a set of, of notes and keys and like a song or something. And there they had, they divided them up into three groups. One performed the actual physical experiment. The other one visualized doing that with their five finger, their four fingers and a thumb. And then the third group, the control group did nothing. You know, they were the slackers. So looking, <clears throat> they did that, I think, for like a week or something, two weeks. And the people who actually did the, the physical piano keys performed the same as those who visualized doing the piano keys. So the same thing, with they've, they've done studies with shooting basketball hoops, you know, from the free throw line, you know, the same thing. So with me, I visualized myself um, for Everest, at least going up and taking the last like four steps to the summit. And it's not seeing it like a kind of like a dream where it's from third person point of view. It's first person, first person point of view directly from your own eyes, you know, and I'm seeing it. I'm, I'm taking it a step further, bringing in the Technicolor and the, and the Dolby surround sound. It's hearing the styrofoam crunching of the snow under my feet. You know, smelling the ozone, feeling the sun's radiation on my face, you know, utilizing all of my senses, you know, looking around, how, who, who else am I up there with? You know, looking at the, the bright orange and red summit jackets from other, other climbers. But then the key component that a lot of people forget to do, you know, they stop there like, oh, this is great. I could visualize myself, you know, I could see it happening. The biggest component that they, it, it, the error in their ways is, is that they, what they don't include is how do you feel when you actually accomplish that? So it's that emotional connection that really brings the mind and body together. Because what you're mm -hmm. doing then is you're tapping obviously into your, your emotional state, which makes it real to every cell in your body, but also you're, you're connecting to a personal core value. Like why does that mean something to you? So if you have a deeper purpose, a deeper passion, you'll have a deeper meaning for going after it. Whatever is within you is stronger than whatever gets in your way. Mm. And since you're talking about passion, Sean, uh, because it, it it seems like the the goal and climbing was almost random. Like, can, can you touch a little bit on how that like played? Was it random or how how did you make that decision? 
Well, it's, it's interesting because after the, the second cancer, which we didn't even talk about, I was given 14 days to live. You know, I was in a coma for a year of my life. The radiation destroyed my right lung, went to, went to college, then went to grad school. And while I was in grad school, that's when a lot of different things happened. But it was the first time being removed from the cancer. I looked back at my life and tried to figure out what that meant. Because whenever you go through anything traumatic, it affects you at, at some level. You know, and for me, I wanted it to, to affect me in a good way. I wanted to choose how it affected me. So I wanted to use my pain and turn it into my passion or my purpose, right? So looking at all the things that I could have done to help other people, that's what it initially was, to help other people touched by cancer. I thought maybe I could run across the country, you know, visiting local hospitals and share my survivorship story along the way. Maybe I could have stopped by Lincoln and Omaha on the way, who knows? But you know, after looking at it, I was like, well, I wanted something bigger. You know, I wanted a, a giant platform to literally scream hope and found that no cancer survivor had climbed Everest before. So I was like, all right, that's it. You know, I put my sights, I put the blinders on, put my sights on that, that goal. The rest is, the rest is just, as I say, history. Mm. And, uh, it's funny since it kind of goes along with, uh, like Crawford, he goes and trains in Colorado. So he's always, you see, you always see the videos of him climbing up and down, uh, and that that was like the first thing that you did was was uh, again go to Colorado to to kind of how, how was that training like like what was the mindset behind that while you were there uh, at the beginning? Well, I I left Florida because I mean I don't I don't know too many mountaineers who live in the, on a giant sandbar so I, that's why I moved to Colorado. <laughs> I, I slowly worked myself up to you know one day after another, um, understanding that. Um, consistency is more important than intensity. Mm. So it's the same thing as running a marathon. The same thing as, as going to the gym. You know, you're not going to go to the gym and get big muscles by lifting on Thursday afternoon for four hours. You know, you have to be consistent about it. And eventually what I did was there's a place called Estes Park and there's a mountain called Long's Peak. And I worked up to carrying a hundred pounds of rocks in my backpack uh, once a week, up to 14,266 feet, 18 miles round trip. Mm. Slowly. And I didn't just start there. Boom. You know, uh, my knees would be busted. My back would be, would be shattered, but one day at a time, slowly working up to that, that point. Mm. And I think that that's such a, a big lesson there, a life lesson, uh, anything that you want to do, that's, that's how you have to do it is one day at a time. And, and consistency is literally the, the secret to, to success, if you will. <laughs> so, uh, I love that. And, um, after it, also your brother kind of came along, right? Like, uh, how was that decision of having your brother jump on and, and why did he? Well, you know, I appreciate that because he he's always been there. He's always been supporting me and I've always been supporting him going back to my value of family. You know, he came along initially to show the importance of family support through adversity, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, you, people don't have a, a family. But if you look at it from the angle of I have never made it to the summit of any significant peak by myself, right? Mm. The physical mountains, going through the cancer. I had the doctors, I had the nurses, I had my family, um, I had my friends. You know, same thing on the mountains. I've always had, you know, the Sherpas. I've always had the local guides. I've always had people in the right place to help me get there. So he has always been there, and he lived with me out of the back of my Honda Civic when we first moved to Colorado. We didn't even have a place to stay. We we camped for two months, man. 
Mm. And he was right there with you. I, I love that. He, he was right there with me. I mean, we both love camping. You know, we cooked most of our meals over a fire for, for two months. My office was a, a payphone bank at the library, and my office was also the library uh, computers. Mm. I had everything <laughs> against me. And there's so many great quotes out there, Sean, with, uh, you know, success and climbing mountains and all that. Uh, you know, like with me, I always describe it even as like, hey, the thing about entrepreneurship and just success in general is once you climb a mountain, sorry, but there's going to be another one, right? Like there, it's never ending. It's a marathon, right? Like uh, until we die. And uh, so what, what's your like, what's a couple, if you will, of, of your uh, favorite quotes <laughs> when it comes to like mountains and all that well i guess for me kind of tongue-in-cheek like when you get to the top of the mountain you're only halfway mm. but you, you have to get back down right climbing is a round trip sport summoning is optional returning is mandatory so mm. when i got to the top of everest i remember looking around thinking holy cow i made it but then i gotta get back down right so the same thing in entrepreneurship, same thing in, in say, retirement. People are trying to save up for retirement. You get to retirement, great, you're you're halfway. Like you're not dead yet. Keep going. And the same thing in looking at uh, all the false summits they have on the mountain peaks. You know, you think you're you think you're almost there. Ah, you get to that peak and you're like, oh, wait, that one's higher. And you keep going after that one. So the biggest thing that I've I've realized is I've learned, because when you get to the top of Everest, I, I spent maybe 30 minutes up there. I was, I was climbing the mountain for a month and a half, right? A lot of people don't realize that. So if you look at the time spent on the summit and the time climbing the mountain, I learned so much more about myself going up the mountain than I did when I reached my goal. So you also, you never conquer the mountain. You learn to conquer yourself. So mm. you, it's, it's more of, I, I have coined this term inspiration. So it's an inspiration as opposed to an expedition. It's an inward journey through an outward adventure, right? So, so it's never about the summit. It's never about the finish line. It's never about the, the raise, the more money, the new car, the nice house, whatever. It's, it's about what that represents to you. Why are you going after it? Why do you, why do you want to make a million dollars a month? You know, what do you go? Why? What does it mean? Does it mean you're going to take care of your family? Does it mean that you have the security? Great, go after that. That's your reason. If you're just chasing the dollars, if you're just chasing after something else, you're never going to get it. It's going to be so elusive, you'll never you'll never hold on to it. But if you're chasing something for a reason, a deeper purpose and a meaning, again, you're going to have you're going to have that motivation and that empowerment to continue on forever. Mm, wow, that that that's so powerful, Sean. Uh, it, because. I have been there, right? Like at the beginning where you're just chasing money and you think that's what you're supposed to do, but it's like, yeah, you'll get a little cash, right? Like you'll, you'll get some traction, but once you let that go and you truly focus on, okay, how can I make a difference? What's my passion? How can I help others? Things just like start to take off and you become a money money magnet is what I call it because it, it that's the reality. And that that's why we named this show, The Million Dollar Hustle, is because it's like, okay, yeah, cool. Let me get your attention because unfortunately, most people that are drifting away, not even thinking for themselves, they hear that and they're like, oh, what? You know, and so I'm trying to get people's attention that way, but little do they know it's like, no, like you have to become all these different things in order for you to get there. Right. And uh, the reality is like when I wanted that at the beginning, I wasn't ready uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, et cetera. 
right? So it, it, it you have to become that. So I love that you touched on that. That's so massive. With that being said, Sean, uh, I, I love asking this question, but I think your story, uh, I can't wait to hear your answer based on your story because I could definitely, I, I think I know a few things that you're going to say, but uh, what is happiness to you? Ooh. Happiness to me is living genuinely according to my personal core values to provide sustenance to my life and others while lifting them to their highest potential. Mm, wow. And, and enjoying every step along the way. Mm, I love that. Whew, that, that like gave me chills, man. I love that. Uh, yeah. Can I get a recording of that? I just thought of that on the go. I was like, I got, I got to get that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That's that's a great reel right there. You're gonna see a reel <laughs> once the the episode airs. That that's so amazing. Uh, you know, and, and since we were just talking about like the whole money thing, um, you know, once you free yourself, because money can make you a slave, and I think money, it's almost like uh, we'll call it like a habit. Right. Like if you eat too, too much bad food, it's a bad habit. You drink too much booze it's a bad habit. You know, you smoke too much or, you know, whatever. Obviously, there's things that are worse than others. But if you do it way more than you should, and I think money's the same thing. It's like if you worry so much about it, it becomes a negative in your life. And, and uh, therefore, the happiness is kind of just floating around because you're focused on that money worry that you you're you're not seeing the the true value of life so i that that was so amazing um and you know one question i have for you uh, i mean obviously your whole story is uh, uncomfortable uh <laughs> like talk about getting yourself uncomfortable uh and uh, i wrote the book called the power of being uncomfortable and uh i i want to ask you this what is one way that comes to your head right away that you got uncomfortable that paid off. I, again, your whole story is literally <laughs> that, but <laughs> what's the one thing that comes to your head when I ask you that? What's one thing I went through that was uncomfortable has helped me now? Mm -hmm. Something that we didn't talk about. When I graduated college, I was driving from Ohio, where I was born and raised, to Jacksonville, Florida, to go after my master's and my doctorate. Somewhere in either Virginia or West Virginia, I started feeling really anxious. And I had to, I, pull, I pulled over and got a hotel, not because I was tired, because I, that was, I was experiencing a panic attack. And I remember being in the hotel bathroom all night long, just staring at myself in the mirror, asking myself, basically what the f are you doing mm -hmm. i because i had no direction had no goals i had nothing planned and i was freaking out and looking back at it i think how that's helped me was realizing that everybody can have a panic attack everybody can feel uncomfortable but it, but in that situation i felt like the world was just closing in on me mm -hmm. but looking back at it I know I'm going to be all right. Mm. I didn't die. I was okay. And then, mm. logically, what happens when you start getting anxious? 
Now your, your hands start sweating, your, your face goes, gets flush, your ears get red, you might have some ringing in your ears, you start breathing super shallow. But also what happens when you become excited? Physiologically, your palms start sweating, your face gets flush, you're ringing in your ears, you start breathing shallow. The same thing physiologically happens when you're anxious. So what I'd learned was I can psychologically turn it around and tell myself that I'm, I'm excited about something as opposed to scared. Mm, I love that. And Sean, what, with that being said, what's like, because, you know, talking to yourself that way is definitely one of them, but what's like one way that, um, maybe a habit that you practice every day or, uh, maybe a routine that you do, uh, to kind of keep your mind exercised, right. Uh, with positivity. I actually, I, I couldn't find anything online that I wanted. So I created it myself. I created a journal myself and I actually created an online, basically mental health challenge, right? So every day I write down an affirmation, you know, whatever I'm, I'm feeling positive about that day. I write down three things I want to, want to accomplish and three things I want to learn. And then on the other side of the journal, I write down, but right before I go to bed, I write down five things I'm grateful for that happened that day. You know, granted, you take family, health, those things, it's just a given. But five things that happened specifically that day. And then I journal about one of them. I'm most grateful for blank because blank. And that because that connecting word really brings it back full circle to my personal core values. So those two things, I basically bookend my day on a positive note. And I go to bed not thinking about all the stuff I didn't get done, all the worry that I that I might have for tomorrow that I have to get accomplished. I go to bed with gratitude. Mm, mm. Gratitude. I love that. And uh, again, your story is literally a definition of all that, brother. And, and it's I, again, that's why I said it at the beginning. Like, I feel like we're twin brothers. Again, I haven't. <laughs> got that uncomfortable but uh it, you know all, all your beliefs and and your whole story just of not just giving up and uh kind of being happy throughout the journey uh all that man is, is what i strive for so uh again those of you who are listening you have to grab this book um uh, literally being unstoppable and what does that mean to you sean what does being unstoppable mean We'll be right before back. Before we continue, go subscribe to Billy the Kid YouTube. That is Billy, D-H-A-K-I-D. -E. Also, go follow Billy the Kid Music on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, and everywhere else. Music is available. And now, back to this great episode. Let's go. I'm popping out the two dough, wearing number two phone. Hey. Feel like Kobe, though I'm winning, need to do more. Oh. My mama sorry, oh. college wasn't for me. Street smart, no degree, just like Kobe. It's kind of funny because every every year I take a group up Kilimanjaro, as I mentioned before, and I ask them to fill in the blank, right? So pretend that you're, you're on the side of the highest mountain in Africa. It's 4 a.m. You're freezing. You're the coldest you've ever been in your entire life what one word would help you move and take one step further? And I was like, fill in the blank. I am blank. And I give everybody on the trip, I actually make it myself, these little bracelets right here says, and on mine, it says, I am unstoppable. Mm. So other people is I am living, I am, you know, inspired, whatever it might be. 
So for me, unstoppable is more than just a word. It's a mantra. You know, it's it's a way of life. And the only person who who is going to help me be unstoppable and the only person who's going to help me or prevent me from being who's going to make me stop is myself. Mm. Mm. Wow. I I love that. It it ties back together with everything we were talking about earlier, guys. Uh, It's yourself. Like, it doesn't matter what the next person thinks or, you know, what they see. Or again, if you're dancing in that room by yourself who cares come out and do it in public like who cares i love that um and uh another question that i have for you sean is um what is like the best piece of advice that you have ever heard in your whole life (laughs) wow the best piece of advice i've ever heard my whole life that's a tough question um I might actually have to get back to on that. The best piece of advice I've ever heard in my whole life. Probably from my grandma. Like I mentioned her earlier. She's going to be 101 in October. And it's just two words. Be happy. Mm. Mm. Wow. That just gave me chills. I love that. (laughs) I love it. And... So now I'm going to twist it on you. What's the best piece of advice you would give somebody? Be happy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I love that. Love it. Love it. Uh, it, it you know, and, and it's so crazy. Uh, that's why when I asked you that question earlier, I, I like I said, your your whole story is just that. Like, guys, no matter what you're going through, like uh, somebody has it worse, first of all. Uh, but also uh, it's all perspective. It, 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 you know, it reminds me of that meme where, you know, that somebody's uh, actually, I think it's in a mountain or something in a train and uh, maybe it's in Colorado uh, and they're looking out the window right on each side. But one's like, oh, my God, it's gloomy and blah, blah, blah. And the other one's like, oh, my God, I love the rain. And, you know, it's all perspective at the end of the day. So it is on you to decide. Um, and what are some maybe ways, Sean, that uh, with, with that? backstory that i just gave you some way that somebody can practice that like hey let's have a positive perspective in everything because uh excuse me i I was just actually two days ago my wife's uh battery died in her car and you know uh most people for one that that would just ruin their whole week their whole month right and um but you know what uh I kept it. Uh, I, I'm very proud. Shout out to my wife. I'm very proud of her and myself. We we were literally just like, hey, you know what? We'll figure it out. Uh, the auto places were closed uh, for the parts, so we couldn't get a battery. We ended up at Walmart, the only place that was open at that time, you know, and it was like 9 p.m. by the time because I tried jumping it. I, we, we spent like two, three hours. In the meantime, we went and picked up my daughter from soccer practice. Like this whole thing happened. And, and the cool thing is that I ended up doing the battery myself. We tried to say, hey, we'll just do it tomorrow. But then I remember I'm like, nope, you know, to let's not leave things for tomorrow. I like to get things th- done now. So I literally I just went to Walmart with my youngest, grabbed the battery. She actually helped me put the battery in. And at the end, we had this whole memory that we literally I'm talking about it now. And, and I think it's all perspective. And guess what? We came home, we had dinner. Now we have a great story. My daughter learned how to put a battery in. And uh, matter of fact, uh, one of the memories was uh, 
she opened up the hood and uh, she put the the stake in the wrong area. So I'm like, hey, back up. I'm like, that, that's not where it goes. So I had to show her where it goes. But it's all perspective, guys, is what I'm saying. Uh, do not let that tire or or the battery or, or or all that. To me, that's almost like the devil trying to get to you. And you just have to always beat the devil in every situation. So if you could give us uh, some piece of advice of just that uh, perspective, Sean. Well, as soon as you started talking about the battery that died, I was thinking, well, it probably died for a reason. Maybe if you were in the car earlier, you would have been in a car accident. You don't know. Mm-hmm. But then you continued and you were like, well, I got to spend time, you know, quality time with, with your kid. You know, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably why it happened. So whenever anything does happen in, in my life, let's say, you know, my battery died. Actually, I remember when um, uh, Julissa, my wife, you know, we were driving her car. The battery died right, right. Uh, the light turned green. The car just turned off. I was like, what the hell? Push the car, put it in neutral, push the car over. And I was like, well, what do we do? Like, well, there's nothing really we can do. Call AAA, you know, take get, carry the battery over. And it turned out that we, uh, we got to have some coffee with a good friend of mine who just got diagnosed with a brain tumor. Mm. Right. So that was meant to be, you know, just mm. take a deep breath. The first thing that happens, like you can't be emotional and logical at the same time. So what I've learned in the mountains is if if I'm falling into a crevasse or if a friend is falling into a crevasse, you can't be like, oh, my God, what do we do? Oh, my God. No, take a deep breath. Whenever anything happens, it just is. It's not good. It's not bad. Just is. So take a deep breath, relax and try to figure out, Okay, what's the best way to handle the situation? Wow. I love that. And. As much as I hate to wrap it up, Sean, uh, you, you got mountains to climb and and people to inspire. So we got to wrap this show up. Um, at the end, Sean, I always ask uh, three questions that I ask every guest uh, for wisdom. And the first one that I have for you is, uh, which I'm looking forward to these uh, answers, is um, if you were to look back at your younger self, what would be the one piece of advice you would give yourself? Keep climbing. Two words, just keep climbing. Like th- things are going to get better. Don't worry about it. And mm. enjoy what you're doing because you're going through a lesson, a life lesson. Mm. Wow. I love that. Keep climbing. And, and you know, it's, it's so funny, Sean, because uh, in my mastermind, I always remind uh, our group that there's so many cliche quotes or, or you know, but it, they are like when you start living them, they become a whole. So like keep climbing. You hear that like, you know, you hear that as a kid or, you know, at school or whatever. But like now it hits me in a different way. Like when you said it, I was like, man, like <laughs> so <laughs> I love that. Um, And the, the next question that I have for you. So, again, the million dollar hustle. What is the person you need to become to get to that point in life? And with that being said, it's going to be a book that I'm going to put together, Sean. And uh, you know, I'm going to put basically habits, we'll call them or whatever of what does it take to become that? So to you, the question that I have based off of that is, uh, what are three things that you need to do to be successful? And if you do these three things, you will not fail at whatever it is that you want to do. Three things begin at the end. So have that, uh, picture in your mind so by beginning at the end you believe it's possible before you start Um, utilize your personal core values because those will keep you on the path and help you make mindful decisions and number three build confidence in yourself because others believe in you 
But if, if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. Mm. I love that. And I know you have your great book out now, but what is uh, another book that's in your head right now that you want to write? I've, I've actually written two more books already, man. Man. About yet, but I, I've also taken that uh, all these ideas in my head and I put them into an online program called the Big Hill Challenge. And during during our break, I went and I put a, a code in for half off. But if somebody goes to thebighillchallenge.com, and puts in the code MDH, which million dollar hustle, MDH 50, 50% off. Mm, love it. So make sure you, I'm going to put that link on, on the description of, of this uh, episode. Uh, and the, the last thing I want to ask you, Sean, what's next for you? I mean, you, you've pretty much like conquered it all, right? Like <laughs> what, what, what's the next uh, challenge for you? What, what do you got coming? You know, I'm tossing around the idea of going back to Everest and climbing it without supplemental oxygen mm. just to see if it's possible. Mm. But in I'm going to be cheering on. I appreciate it. <laughs> but in that same breath, like I recently got married. We've only been married for four years and I've heard that marriage is a, uh, uh, it could potentially be more difficult of a challenge than Everest. So, so far we've been, we've been just fine. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I, I can't wait to see what, what's next for you, Sean. Uh, again, keep inspiring people like your, your story, man. It, it just hits different. Those of you who are listening, grab the book and, uh, I, I'm, I might see you on that, uh, on that challenge. I might get uncomfortable. And, and you said, you said you do that. Kilimanjaro once a year, huh? So I might hit you up for that, man, and 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 see if I can at least make it halfway. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd make it more than halfway. We're also putting together a trip in October up to Everest Base Camp, not the summit, but just trekking up to base camp. You know, we we live in uh, not tents, but on the way, each village we stay in like a tea house. We have a proper bed. I mean, it's it's cushy. It's but it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah, keep doing your thing, Sean. And where can people find you? That easiest question you've asked so far, seanswarner.com. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Make sure you guys follow Sean. Uh, and thank you again, Sean. Uh, I truly appreciate it. It's been an honor and I, I can't wait. Uh, this again is the whole episode, guys. If you literally listen and take action on the steps that Sean just provided, your life will change for the better. I promise you that. Uh, Make sure you guys subscribe Anywhere you're listening, whether it's on Spotify or yeah, Pandora, maybe I don't even know if we're on Pandora. I'm so used to it with my music that I'm on Pandora either way. But uh, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and then just go to my YouTube and and uh, follow, subscribe there. Also, make sure you guys screenshot and tag Sean, tag me. We're gonna reshare it once you listen to this great episode. And until next time, baby, vamos. All that we spoke on was financial freedom. Thinking we're rich, rich that poor dad, you better read them. Millionaire thinking, get a bag, big investments. Chase the bag, then I flip it, be relentless. Not, not worry about a football game score. Only my credit one, what matters anymore? In the three percent, the other ninety-seven drifting. Others do it for themselves, they not thinking. Think for yourself, get rich and build your wealth. Get a run, eat good, watch your health. Think like a millionaire and hustle like you broke. This free game to change your life, you better so. Think, think like a millionaire and hustle like you broke. Spit some game, drop the mic after I spoke.